Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. We are so happy that you've joined us this morning. I'm one of your hosts, Brad Gray, and I'm joined by... And I'm Janine Ditson, and we are just so grateful to be on the airwaves with you and uh, stay stay tuned, stay with us, because we have a wonderful show. Absolutely. We're moving into the second month of 2021. It's actually gone fairly quickly. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I I can't believe January's gone and and it is a national holiday. It's my brother's birthday and I love him dearly. So happy birthday, Matt. (laughs) Well, we are super excited that we have Father Ross LaFranboise joining us here from the Diocese of Fargo this morning to start things off. And since we've got a priest in studio, first of all, I should say good morning to you, Father. Good morning. (laughs) Thank you for being with us. Um, and as I was saying, since we've got a priest in the studio, it's always nice to, to have, uh, have you lead us in prayer before our Heavenly Father. Let's do so then. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we just give, your, give this morning to you, give this whole week, give this day to you. Dear Lord, you know exactly where we're at um, in the midst of our life, in the midst of what's going on in the inner recesses of our heart. We just give everything to you, asking that you just bless this day. Bless this week and bless this conversation in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you for being with us this morning. It's great to be with you. Uh, I know you've been on the on the radio with Real Presence before, um, but for those who haven't heard you on the radio before, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So my name is Father Ross Laframboise. I'm serving now in a parish in North Fargo, in the Diocese of Fargo. Uh, called Holy Spirit, a great, great place with mm-hmm. many wonderful people, and been a pastor for I think like seven, or been a priest anyway for like seventeen years or so. Been here for about five, um, so it's just been an awesome adventure. Excellent. It yeah. is an incredible parish, and I just uh, can't thank you enough for all that you do up there in the north side of Fargo. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, Father, um, you for for some years now, you've kind of identified a specific need in parish life. Uh, you did that at your previous parish and, and brought that same uh, passion uh, to your work here at Holy Spirit. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, kind of the vision that you have for uh, parish life, especially with a, an eye toward discipleship? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, the Lord certainly over time has put uh, many things on my heart. Uh, you know, as as you have the experience of, of working with people, loving them and having them love you, you begin to notice different things that come up, particularly rooted in Scripture. And and for me, uh, prayer has always been just central. That's, you know, how I really came to know the Lord and um, be understand as being being known by Him. Mm-hmm. And just to, to be able to to bring this life of prayer, to bring this life of, of fellowship with Christ to others is is just a burning desire with my, my heart, and the Lord has put that more and more there. And, and many... In many ways, I think it's because we we actually really struggle with that now. It's like we, we we know we should we know we should bring the message of the Lord to others, but like how do we actually do it? And just to begin to to ponder um, how does Jesus want to do this within us? Mm. So yeah, it's been definitely a passion 
in my heart, and I've been trying to to make that happen within parish life. Mm. And and to expound on you know the prayer life, you know what does it mean to be a disciple? You know, can you talk about that? What does it mean to be a disciple, and and uh, what are those four pillars? Yeah, so you know we we entered into um, into this ordinary time. You know, you mentioned how we're already jumping into mm-hmm. February, but. But even right before us, right in the Gospels, if you've maybe noticed uh, at the beginning of, of this time, you know, like there was Jesus calling the apostles, the apostles, you know, coming up and, and Jesus saying, come, stay with me. Jesus really models this whole sense of discipleship, of, which is really a following of Jesus. It's a walking side by side with him. We have absolutely no idea how to, to live the, the Christian life. I've, you know, mentioned this to my people many times, you know, over the last couple of weeks. It's like, when we're born as a baby, we do, we don't know anything about God. That that faith has to be passed on from generation to generation, and so so really the means of that is not by this kind of osmosis where, in a sense, just things um, passively kind of flow into us. It's it's actually a direct inviting, as Jesus directed invited the apostles and his disciples. It's a it's a walking with them. It's a forming them in this life. And then it's an equipping them to be able to go and do this to to mm. the next generation, to their own families, to their own people that they have interaction with. So this is really at the heart of it. But you know, I, there's been I guess something that I've really noticed uh, within parish life, kind of a lukewarmness. I, I think we're all kind of familiar with there's a certain lukewarmness um, in our lives, and we see this by people maybe just maybe just coming to Sunday and maybe Sunday mass. That's all they do, or maybe even less. But this is. Even beyond this, I think there's a. It's kind of like a certain sloth, or or what we could call laziness, and this sometimes takes on even a different form. It takes on the form of, of having actually, um, where you're, when you're actually not doing the very things that the Lord is calling you to, like not doing the most important things, you know, like in prayer, for instance. Maybe we're just used to praying in a certain way, and our prayer is more of a monologue to actually do the work of causing it to be a dialogue, to listen to the Lord and mm-hmm. respond to Him takes more work. And so so I've noticed that that in this um, whole call to live the Christian life, we oftentimes just feel like, I'm doing just fine. Mm-hmm. I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. And actually, we're not perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Mm-hmm. And and one of the areas that we really lack on is this whole sense of evangelization and reaching out. And so, so the Lord just brought to my heart just kind of four key areas. You know, maybe I call them pillars, however you might want to refer to them. But with very specific benchmarks so that we kind of know, like, what, what is kind of this minimum requirement of walking with Christ in life of discipleship in the area of prayer, in the area of, of stewardship, you know, in the area of, of our charisms and how we really um, love and are a gift to other people and, and in the whole process of evangelization. Hmm. Hmm. That's that's fantastic, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of wealth to be mined there. So I, I think it'd be good to kind of go into each of those a little bit more individually, yeah, Father, if you don't mind. Well, maybe if, if nothing else, just to say, you know, what are these benchmarks? Once again, looking at the sense that we're we're always called to grow, and some of these seem so intimidating, but as we get into them, it's like, no, actually, this is what we're created for. Starting with prayer, it's like we are created to pray. I mean, that's to be in relationship with God is our, is our whole reason that we even exist. And so, 
you know, the benchmark that I place before people is to, to be praying every day for a half hour in a meditative, contemplative way where it's actually a dialogue. If that was just like reciting the, you know, memorized prayers, that would seem like a long time. Or just asking intercessions, boy, you'd have a lot of things to ask in a half hour. But it's not that. It's, it's actually a just opening up your heart to God and a receiving from Him, you know. And so to really place that in front of people, I think, is is challenging but beautiful. And these are the very things that one can work with. I mentioned at the beginning this discipleship. As you actually walk with somebody, as you accompany them as Jesus did, well, he had to have taught them how to pray, mm-hmm. you know, how to live their life. Discipleship is a way of life. And so in prayer, how do we actually teach somebody this way of life? Well, we actually teach them how to, to pray and be in union with God and to to know that, oh, there's a benchmark here. When, when, I, when my... When I am accompanying somebody, when they get to this point where they're actually praying consistently a half hour every day, it's all over from there. The Lord will take it from there. Mm. Yeah. And then and then when you talk about discipleship in the family, I mean, the prayer life of the family and how, you know, not just as individuals, but then what you can do in your own homes as families. Exactly. Because, you know, we, we often, you know, we see the model of Jesus, you know, um, you know, calling his apostles, and we imagine them as this group of guys and all this, which is very true. But our life, many, you know, most of our lives are actually lived in the family. Mm-hmm. How do we actually pass on the faith? How do we actually um, be Jesus, really, um, in our family, walking and journeying with our children? Like, do we actually teach our children how to listen to God and hear Him? And so this this is all played out within the family life. And from there, it can really be played out in terms of of discipling and journeying with other families too. Mm. Like, you know, boy, our family has been so blessed by a relationship with Christ, so blessed by our prayer. Like, we'd like to share this with your family. Mm. Would you want to receive that? Sure, mm. sure. So uh, when you when you talk about teaching people how to pray, how to enter into that dialogue with God for, for 30 minutes, do you have certain things that you kind of start with, Father? Or, or how do you go about that? I do. I, I think it's very helpful. I I use two kind of tools, so to speak. I don't know if you'd call them tools. One of them is the this long tradition within the Church of Lexio Divina of, of just praying, taking a short scripture passage and playing with it. And I think oftentimes uh, doing so in what one might refer to as an Ignatius way, where like you're using an imagination. So actually children of, of even young ages can enter into this. And you can do it as a family. You know, you can actually... Take a scripture passage, you know, read it over several times, pray with it, and then um, and then have each family member share, like, what did they imagine? What did they experience within it? How did Jesus touch them? Powerful, powerful way to do it. Another just simple way is just to, I love, um, this is Catholic Schools Week too, and so I, I just think of, of my students, you know, it's like, just I love going to the classrooms and teaching them how to just every day just share something about their life with God, just like you share something, you know, with your parents to share something and then say, what do you think about this, Jesus? And let him respond. It's kind of formally called like an ARR prayer, you know, this, you know, acknowledge this sense of, you know, acknowledging what's going on within me, my emotions, um, what's what's important to me, and then relating that, you know, sharing that with Jesus and then receiving, like, what does Jesus think about all this? And then responding to that. Mm-hmm. I, I just think the the prayers of our children are so amazing too. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. so out of the mouth of babes, so to speak, and it's so beautiful. And some of our favorite family time in prayer, uh, you know, 
at the dinner table, Mm -hmm. uh, the petitions after the meal and and to know what's on the hearts of our kids, what's important, you know, and who they're praying for has just been such a beautiful thing. And it can be as simple as your family dinner prayer, you know, get together before dinner, after dinner and, and, and expound on that, you know? Yeah. You know, I mentioned the sense of accompanying, of of walking with, uh, and, and many times it's a gift for both, you know? Uh, you know, I imagine in, in different ways that that's, you know, happened G- with Jesus and with others. It's like that as we journey with somebody, we begin to realize how much of a gift they are and how much they actually help us in our own faith journey. Right, and, right. And when we teach, when we actually form, when we invite, we grow so much. And so that's a great example yeah. of how children can greatly inspire us, you yeah. know, in their own simplicity and openness to God. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just the, the prayers from when they were kids, you know, uh, prayers to end abortion, prayers for the homeless. I mean, just what prayers for the people in purgatory, mm-hmm. you know, and, and each one of my kids, if they're listening, you know which petition you, <laughs> you, you were very faithful to. And, yeah. and it's just so important to see that in our kids. And now with my kids grown, you know, mm-hmm. we have those memories of that, but then hopefully they're doing those things with their kids. Right. I think another uh, aspect of prayer within the family that, that can be very, very good, and uh, sometimes we forget about it, is just prayers of gratitude. Yeah. Like asking kids what, what I'm grateful for today. And I know that's something that we've kind of developed in our home. It's always fascinating to hear the, the things that come out of the, the mouths oh, of these babes so as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did that with our grandkids at Thanksgiving, and uh, you had six of them around. Oh, golly, it was precious. Yeah. You know, it's just so, so precious. Well, Father, let's uh, let's move on to the next pillar, stewardship. What, yeah. What's that all about? You know, it, it seems to me that oftentimes there's two key kind of entrance points into a real conversion. Mm-hmm. One of them is prayer, especially committing to to a consistent prayer in our lives. The other is stewardship of, of really beginning to realize that everything comes from God. Mm-hmm. And in the way that God has given this from the very beginning with Abraham is through tithing. Mm-hmm. That when we recognize that everything comes from God and God just asks for 10% of it back, we give him 10% back, and we begin, even by that gift, when it's a percentage gift like that, we begin to realize that, hey, everything is his anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, he wants this back, and the rest, you know, I will use for his greater glory. That can be hard because, mm. as Scripture says, as we know in our own lives, money can be a God for us. It yes. can be, like, so central. And so, when we actually journey in that, and many times— this whole discipleship, this walking with somebody, when we can actually encourage them, that's what actually what we need oftentimes. Somebody to actually encourage us to have the confidence to be able to begin tithing. Yeah, yeah. And, and we can't outgive God. We just can't, you know. And it's amazing when we do give from the heart and gratitude to what God has blessed us with. I mean, he just pours it back in even yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you give out and it comes back even more. It's just amazing. Yeah. And to think of that in the context, once again, our family, you know, it's like, what does that mean to actually just express this to your kids and just say, hey, look, mom and dad are giving this much money to the church, to this charity, and how about you begin doing the same? Yeah. And, and, you know, Brad, as you were mentioning with the whole sense of prayers of gratitude, mm-hmm. when we develop that, I mean, at least the people that I know who are tithing, who are so generous, are extremely happy, yeah. extremely joyful. Yes. And for right. our families to reflect that, I think, is a, would be a great gift to all of us. Right. And I want to I hit that more. We have to take a quick break for just a, just a couple of minutes here, but I want to go into that a little bit more, Father, when we come back on the other side of the break. So stay with us. We'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. 
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. In today's world, we are enslaved to addiction. I'm Father Chris Alar. Alcoholism, pornography, and drug abuse have become the master of millions of lives, maybe even your own. Addiction has led to countless deaths by overdose and suicide. So what can be done about it? Victims often explain they are searching to escape the troubles of this world, or they are trying to find a form of ecstasy. Unfortunately, these enslavers provide neither. The experience is only pseudo, a fleeting imitation of an authentic spiritual experience. There's only one true spiritual experience that can provide fulfillment, and when you find it, you will find hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. For more than 20 years, the University of Mary has watched students thrive through affordable, flexible, and formative online education programs. Now, we are delighted to announce the expansion of these offerings with the robust portfolio of advanced education options created intentionally for the Catholic working professional. Our programs offer accelerated formats with classes beginning every five weeks throughout the year and the potential for a return on your investment in the very first year. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right. Well, welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are having an awesome conversation with Father Ross Frombois from Holy Spirit Parish in the Diocese of Fargo, talking about discipleship within the parish, within the family. We were just, as we went to break, Father, we were talking about the aspect of stewardship and, and that um, kind of as a, a foundational principle there that, that we understand that that it should be an expression of gratitude, right? Like that everything that we have has come to us from the Lord. And, and it's kind of funny because a lot of times we think we have to give 10% back, right? But the reality is God gives everything and he lets us keep 90% of it, you know, and he, he only asks for 10%, 10%. So it's kind of a different way of, of approaching that. Um, but I think that there's something... At least in, as I've reflected upon this aspect of stewardship, of tithing, you know, we're going to be entering into, into Lent where we'll talk about almsgiving, right? Um, that I believe uh, personally that, that um, the, the care, you know, that, that in giving to the church and giving to the poor, that kind of building up the church, the, the, the material needs of the church and the care for the poor, those are, those are important. But they're not the exclusive and only reason, um, perhaps not even— um, they may not even stand alone amongst the most important reasons of why God asks us to to tithe, and and that I think really at the heart of it is that He wants us to be free, to be free of the tyranny of our wealth, 
of like this, this notion that I am the one who's responsible in providing for myself. Like ultimately, I, you know, God's in control. He provides for me and all that. But really, I need to provide for me, right? And, and so we're kind of, we're called, we're challenged to surrender and sometimes in uncomfortable ways so that God can show himself Lord and Father and Provider and caregiver for us. Would you say that's true? I, th- I think that's you know right on target. What I'd like to bring that into the context uh, would be to say, how does that actually get passed on? How does this message of freedom mm-hmm. uh, that Christ gives us, how does that actually passed on um, to our children, to the next generation, to our friend? And that's where I think that whole sense of, of this being part of this discipleship journey that, you know, I mentioned the if you were with us a bit earlier here about the whole sense of of sloth and how sloth and laziness or lukewarmness can sometimes be not doing the most important thing. And and what is the most important thing is to bring people to Christ. And how do we do that in stewardship? Well, how do you actually walk with somebody and actually invite them into this? For most of us, oh boy, that's a that's mm-hmm. a foreign concept. Mm-hmm. And so so in many respects, we have to kind of change our whole mindsets. And I think Perhaps as Catholics, we, we struggle with this a lot in, in, in this whole living out of stewardship, but in this whole sense of, of realizing that, that it's not just about my own growth and holiness, it's about my own growth and holiness is dependent upon me bringing uh, the gospel message and the beautiful gifts that I have to others. Hmm. And, and you talk about tithing and that 10%, and, and that's so important, but stewardship can also be acts of, you know, like when you talk about sloth, it can be... Uh, the volunteering that you do, you know, the time, talent, and the treasure, you know, the treasure being the 10%, but what about our time, you know, and what can we be doing that way? To- yeah. No, very true. In fact, so as I, as the Lord just, in a sense, just, you know, prayerfully considered all this is like, so another kind of key area um, would be the whole area of charisms, which is not so much, you know, for ourselves, but for others, like, because God he gives us these beautiful gifts to build up the body of Christ, and He gives each one something different. You know, we find this very specifically in 1 Corinthians 12, where St. Paul speaks about the body, and every part has a function. Well, we are called, and we just know this inherently, I think, that we're called to like to love other people and to reach out to them, and yet each of us have a very different role in that. So, so this whole sense, then, of what I'd call another pillar would be the sense of, how do we actually do that? You know, first of all, are we just engaged in some way? Are we doing something for um, the body of Christ, you know, in, in different aspects? Maybe that's hospitality, where we welcome people in and they come to know Christ because of our hospitality. Maybe it's the whole sense of, of, of mercy, where we're reaching out um, to the poor and needy. Maybe we volunteer at a, a food pantry or something like that. But But to discern, meaning we pay attention, like, how does God actually work with me and love other people? And so I think that's another key aspect of of this whole journey and discipleship with Jesus, to know how does the Lord work with me and how do we bring other people to begin to discover that they're a special gift. Mm -hmm. And then when we understand that we're we're a part of the body of Christ, when we have a special role, nobody else can do it like us, like, wow, we have a beautiful value. Mm -hmm. And that's that's where just our face shines. Mm Yeah, I, I know I've thought about that before. It seems like it's both 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. Paul goes into this aspect of the body of Christ. Now, we each have a, a specific role that's really uh, indismissible, you know, in some sense. I've, I've thought about that before. Like, if the church is the body of Christ, if when I got up in the morning, only, let's say, 7% of my body got up, 
um, I probably wouldn't accomplish much that day, right? You know, that, that there's, there's something that's essentially needed, that each one of us fulfill a role that's, that's critical, Within the flour- for the flourishing of the church, right? That, that you, Father, uh, as pastor, you don't have all the gifts that you need for Holy Spirit Parish to thrive, right? You, no, definitely You stand not. in need of the gifts of, of others within the of, of all those within the community, right? And, and as does every one of us, we have a certain set of gifts that God has given us, but we stand ultimately in need of each other, right? Yes, most definitely, you know, and, and just think of the, the the amazing amount of energy when people begin to discover these and be build up and notice it in other people. Mm-hmm. There, there's a powerful sense that really, really begins to take shape, and then we begin become fully alive and fully the body of Christ. And I think when we talk about that volunteering and serving, you know, our our neighbors, um, you know, for like a stay at home mom or stay at home dad. Their number one role is to to be that presence to their children. You know, maybe they can't go out and volunteer like they would until their kids are a little older and then they can come along. And so it's really important for our moms and dads out there that they understand that that being that caregiver to their family, you know, and helping build them to be those stewards out you know, in the public square, down the road. You know, there's a timing in all of this. You no, know. no, it's so true. You know, as I, I ponder, you know, night and day, like how do we actually bring this message of Christ and how do we begin to to turn that corner so that we actually are walking and journeying with others, recognizing that, you know, we, you know, our mission is to grow and to bring people to know Christ. And actually, honestly, the exact opposite is happening. In, in many respects, we're not growing. We're struggling mm-hmm. in this culture. And yet... If if even just our active families, our active parishioners would would just r- invite one person in and, and begin to to journey with them in discipleship, like we'd we practically double in in number and and in in energy and all of this. And so, you know, there's an initiative that I've just started at the parish that I, is just really exciting, and I think maybe ties into what you mentioned, like the stay-at-home mom and this type of a thing, because I. I want so much for this to happen, and yet to turn the corner, I think, you know, we need co-workers in this. And so I realized I need co-workers. And so, uh, so we had uh, some donors, some beautiful donors step forward, and we've raised a little over, you know, $200,000 to be able to actually bring in um, some missionaries that could actually kind of help us to actually walk in this. And as I was discerning that, it's like, you know, these missionaries, they need to be families, they need to be couples, and that there's a synergy, there's a gift to the sacrament of marriage. And and maybe, you know, mom might be a stay-at-home mom, or they might both be engaged in different ways, but but that that this whole life of discipleship is really a, a way of life. Mm-hmm. And, and who can teach us better than that than families and couples? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, Father, we're kind of, it, it makes for a good segue into this fourth pillar of evangelization, right? We, we have charisms that, that kind of express our own unique way of, of loving within the body, of, of serving. Uh, but that it's all about, we want to make Jesus known, right? So speak to us about evangelization proper. Yeah, so, so evangelization is bringing the gospel message of Christ to those who do not know him. And for a parish setting, you know, it's key to two areas. You know, it's, it's retention. It's, it's the members that just began drifting and completely drift away if if they're not paid attention to, if they're not brought in. And it's just bringing other people who don't even, maybe don't even know about Jesus into mm-hmm. the faith. And and Jesus' method, I think, is so clear. It's like he called people and he invited them to 
to, to live this life. And so we are called to do the same. And so how do we actually do that? Uh, well, you know, we, we began just to learn how to, to have confidence in our faith and how to begin to bring that, you know, mm -hmm. to others. And so this, this, this pillar of, of evangelization is, is to just to do that, mm -hmm. to begin to learn, um, to begin to build confidence and ultimately to, to begin to journey with somebody, you know, so you take a couple who, who maybe meets with somebody for baptismal prep. Well, sure, we can teach them, you know, what baptism is and all this, but do we invite them into a deeper life? And if they're willing to go, then I think we continue to journey with them. And as they begin to know Christ, then they're going to want to do that to the next, this whole sense of, of repetition. And so, so I guess that's to me at the heart of evangelization is this whole sense of walking and journeying with people in discipleship. And we just need to, to learn how to do that. Yeah, right. I, I, I totally agree. I think a great starting point, we're kind of coming to the end of the time here, but I think on that point, um, just the, the idea of, I think it's good for us as Christians to identify, what do I love about my faith? How is my life better? You know, to, to really Take a moment. If, if it's not, if the answer isn't immediately obvious, to take a moment with that or some time with that and pray, how is my life better? Because that's the sort of thing that can be our our launching point for sharing that with with the Lord God. Because we, we want everyone else's lives to be better and to be full, right? Like that's what Jesus wanted. No, exactly. And I so I would I would just invite everybody listening just to begin praying for our own local parish to begin, you know, praying that this this whole kind of movement to bring Christ to others would just you know, take root. And if if you want to pray extra prayers for this, you know, God and what we're doing up here at Holy Spirit, or if there's even, you know, some couple out there that wants to um, to dive into this work, that'd be awesome to, you know, get in contact with us. But there's just so much beautiful work to be done. And I think it's time just to, yeah, just to kind of open our eyes to the beautiful calling and God will provide the Holy Spirit to, to lead us. I'm quite confident of that. Love yeah, and, and our world has always needed our church, you know, our church to be strong. It's been suffering a little bit, but here it is. The family is what is going to help bring it back to life again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Father, for being on with us this morning. Thank you for your passion and zeal for everything you're doing there at Holy Spirit. It's, it's just a delight to, mm -hmm. to know about it. No, it's so awesome to be with you and with all the listeners. This is just a great way to continue to grow in our faith. Awesome. Well, we're going to have to step away once again, but on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about an opportunity to provide teaching and resources that will support and protect individuals, marriages, and families in making all of our homes a safe haven. So stay with us for more Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 